When I was heading off to uni 15 years ago or so, I had no idea that I'd be doing what I'm doing today. Hello and welcome back to the Surveysia podcast. Uh, my name is Freddie. I am part of the Surveysia team uh, at OMF UK. Um, and today we're continuing our little series on getting to know a bit more about people who work here for OMF UK, hearing about their stories, what they've learned in their roles, um, and how uh, they have contributed to making Jesus known in East Asia. Um, today, we're joined by the man who's usually behind the microphone, uh, asking the questions, Chris. Chris, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, it's nice to um, be doing a podcast face-to-face again. Yeah, so it's, it's great to be trying to work out what new normal is being in the office. So good to see you, Freddie. Yeah, good to see you as well. Social distancing continues, but uh, we're rotating back into the office, back into our new normal. So to kick us off, uh, I thought it'd be a good idea to get to know you a little bit. Um, it's always helpful uh, to be a bit personal with our guests. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll ask you three questions. Great. Um, and uh, yeah, just give the answers that come to the top of your head. Um, first question, what book are you currently reading? <laughs> I've talked to Freddie a lot about this already um, over the last few weeks. Uh, I've been reading a book called Thinking Fast and Slow by a uh, psychologist called uh, Daniel Kahneman. I believe is how you say his name. And uh, yeah, it's a fascinating book all about kind of how our brain works and the fact that we've kind of got a, uh, how he phrases it, a system one and a system two. One is kind of our automatic reactions to things and the other one is kind of the the hard brain work system. And basically, uh, we're more prone to that system one, just jumping to conclusions and uh, really easily being primed by our surroundings and uh, things like that. So one one experiment he draws out is uh, about how uh, participants in a study, they were primed to think about retirement and old age. And then they timed participants and a, and a control group who weren't primed in that way uh, as they walked from one activity to the other. And the, the group that had been primed by the, the thoughts of old age actually walked slower uh, through the through the corridor than the group that hadn't been primed in that <laughs> that's way. So funny. Um, and so yeah, that's just one example. But yeah, really interesting book uh, sounds, about loads of different stuff. So. Yeah, it does sound really interesting. Goes above my head all that psychological <laughs> stuff. Though, yeah, it's definitely a, a slow read. I, I noticed last night that after a good few weeks of reading, I'm still not even halfway through. I don't think. <laughs> well, it's good to mull things over, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, okay. Second question: What other podcasts do you enjoy listening to? I love podcasts, and uh, so uh, why I'll keep it to three, uh, I think. Three, so, three on the go at once, that's a good number. Yeah, uh, a couple uh, of Christian podcasts that I'd recommend. The Bible Project, so people mm-hmm. often know the videos. Uh, I thoroughly recommend, if you've only ever seen a Bible Project video, go and check out the podcast, because it's almost like a behind-the-scenes, but not of how they make the video, but of how they come to the conclusions that the videos come to. So lots of discussion about themes in the Bible and how the Bible hangs together. Um, and I've learned so much about uh, what they refer to as hyperlinks. So how one bit of the Bible is kind of riffing off or borrowing ideas from elsewhere in the Bible. And it might not uh, yeah. be a direct quote. Um, it might not be footnoted in your Bible, but it's picking up a theme or picking an idea from, from elsewhere. And I, I just find it really cool. And I love the tangents. Yeah. They're funny guys. So, yeah. Yeah, it really shows how the Bible is one interwoven, connected, godly narrative, doesn't it? Absolutely. So it's a bit more, is it a bit more like 
uh, in-depth, slightly longer look at the... Yeah, definitely. So they're about an hour, I think, each episode. But then sometimes the series within within the podcast might be like... I don't know. I'm listening to one on ACT at the moment. I'm four or five episodes. Yeah. In, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, another great Christian podcast I'm a big fan of is the Speak Life podcast, which oh, is yeah. uh, Glenn Scrivener and Paul Feasy. And I really like that that podcast helps me think about, as a Christian, how should I be thinking or responding to sort of current affairs, things that are going on in the world. Yeah. And also how conversations about current affairs can... Uh, open doors for conversations about Jesus. Yeah. How does the gospel make sense of what's going on in the US or how does the gospel change how I think about coronavirus and lockdown and, yeah. and that kind of thing. That's so really often cool. as a Christian, I'm I'm struck when I read, read a news headline, mm. I'm not quite sure how I should react to that. So that is a very helpful one for that. Yeah. And it's also really funny. Um, yeah. I, <laughs> they, yeah. have, they have a very similar sense of humor to me. So I uh-huh. find myself laughing a lot to that. That helps. Um, so those are two uh, great Christian podcasts, probably actually in the office, though, if I'm honest. The podcast people most associate with me is the Jocko podcast. <laughs> We've heard so much about the Jocko podcast. <laughs> Always boring people with things. Uh, so Jocko Willink is a former Navy SEAL. Uh, he was uh, fought uh, in the Battle of Ramadi in the Iraq War. And uh, his podcast is is fascinating in so many ways. So he sort of l- takes a look at lessons that he and others have learned from sort of combat experience, uh, often really digging into the history of stuff and looking at books. So the last two episodes I listened to uh, were all about the Boer War and actually mm-hmm. the lessons that should have been learnt before the First World War. Uh, and you see a change in, in military tactics and leadership advice um, and then somehow regressed backwards and ended up um, not taking on board any of those lessons heading into the first world war, um, and then trying to turn those into principles for leadership in in life and in work. Yeah. Um, and I just yeah. And he's a larger than life kind of personality. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't he? yeah. And he's sort of like almost caricaturing himself, particularly on social media. <laughs> he's having a good time with with who he is. Um, and that podcast is also probably notoriously long. Um, so at okay. least two hours every time. Really? Wow. And um, I think I've listened to at least one that was over four hours. So great wow. for a long car journey. Yeah, that's a good good commitment. <laughs> um, and third and final question, what are your favourite sports? Um, I'm a big fan of football. Yeah. Um, especially especially playing football. So mm-hmm. I'm sort of a, a Tottenham fan, but more, more than anything, I just love the game of football. And great I, I team playing. sport, play it anywhere in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. Everyone understands it to a level that they can have fun with. Yeah. Um, also, uh, really excited that the NFL season is about to start again and that the the Baltimore Ravens, the team I follow, they've, they've got a fighting chance of being a great standout ah, team. Probably the most exciting quarterback. Yeah, NFL becoming a lot more popular here in the UK. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Great. Well, I feel like uh, myself and the audience know a bit more about you now, Chris, which is great. Um, n- now we're going to spend some time diving into... Uh, your story, your role here at OMF, um, and how what you've learned about sharing Jesus with the nations. Cool. So to start us off, why don't you tell us a little bit about your childhood uh, and where you grew up? Sure thing. Um, so a real whistle-stop tour, I guess. Uh, my dad is from Surrey. Uh, my mum's from Yorkshire. Yep. I was born in Ipswich in Suffolk, but since I was four years old, uh, I've lived in the town of Tunbridge Wells here mm-hmm. in Kent, and uh, I've got one older sister who currently lives in Bristol with her family. That's great. How did you then come to faith in Jesus? Yeah, sure. So uh, growing up, my my mum was, was a Christian. She went uh, along to uh, an Anglican church in the town. But uh, I think it's probably fair to say that my journey to faith really started um, due to friends who lived down the road. 
mm. uh, in my, my family home growing up. Uh, they lived just a couple of doors down and uh, their four kids were all really active in, in, in church and in youth group life. And one summer they invited me along to the, the church's sort of summer holiday club. Mm-hmm. And I think, yeah, despite having gone along to church from time to time as a youngster, my dad wasn't a Christian uh, at that time in my life. And so Sundays often meant staying at home with him and, you know, playing or helping him in the garden or whatever. Um, But it was really then as sort of an 11, 12 year old going to that holiday club. I started to see, I think, and and understand some of the claims of the Bible for myself. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably wouldn't have said I was a Christian at that time, but definitely started to see that exploring and seeing the truth in it yeah, yeah. absolutely and I think then then growing up uh, in that youth group <clears throat> um, at the church at the top of my road um, and sort of all, all the way through through that youth process just learning more and more and starting to to grasp a little bit more what what the bible was about and, and who Jesus was and and also I mean just great going to a church with, with a big youth group and, and making good friends they kept me going but um i think it's probably fair to say that for much of my teenage years kind of my life at church and at youth group was very detached from sort of my my normal day-to-day existence Mm -hmm. so to speak um and probably my friendships and my um sort of way of life with my friends from school was very different from my way of life with my friends from church it probably wasn't till my late teens uh i remember having a a real, almost like a crisis of confidence. <laughs> I was sat at a friend's house. Um, they were actually, they, they, they'd actually just um, gone out. And I suddenly just found myself thinking, wow, if these people really knew um, what I was like, I don't think they'd be my friends. Yeah. And then I suddenly realized, uh, Jesus knows exactly what I'm like. Mm-hmm. And yet he has chosen uh, not just to be my friend, but to be my savior and to mm. make me an heir with him of his glorious inheritance. And that just absolutely blew me away. And I think that was a real turning point and really set me on a path to to sort of take my my faith more seriously and yeah. to start, yeah, sort of breaking down that dichotomy between <laughs> my two different areas yeah. of life. and Almost and, a back against the ropes moment. Yeah. Jesus saying, do you want to follow me or do you want to follow the way of the world? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. It's important to uh, not underestimate, I think, the importance of of youth groups Mm -hmm. at churches. I had a similar formative experience going to uh, such a great church youth Mm -hmm. group uh, in in those formative teenage years. It's really important. Great. That's that's wonderful. Uh, So at what point then as a late teenager heading into adulthood, did you then realize that the good news of Jesus was for the world? Uh, It was it is for you. It's a personal relationship with Jesus mm. uh, that you get to enjoy, but it's it's also bigger than that. It's for um, the nations. Uh, Jesus came as savior to the world. Uh, what point did you realize that was bigger than you? The story was bigger than you, bigger than the people around you in Kent. Well, I think the the really great thing is that the the lady who was uh, heading up that even that 11s to 14s youth group in that holiday club I first went to. Um, her and her husband had been involved in, in mission work and uh, sort of Bible smuggling into the Eastern Bloc and yeah, yeah. had a real heart for, for Central Asia uh, and the gospel reaching communities there. And so in some ways, I guess I don't really I don't really know a time in my teenage and onwards Christian life where something about Jesus being for the whole world um, wasn't sort of on my radar. And I think the other good thing is that 
Um, my church in Tunbridge Wells, St John's, they're pretty good at, at giving time to their mission partners, to making sure that they're mentioned in services, to make sure that we're praying for them regularly. Um, more recently, sort of seeing video updates from them. I, I guess in some ways it's it, it's always been there, but I think probably uh, a real turning point was a, a trip that I took before I went to university. In the summer before I went to university, a group of us from the youth group headed out to visit um, one of our mission partners who at the time were, were serving in, in Africa, mm -hmm. uh, in Mozambique. And I think that was when I really realised, oh, right, yeah, that there's a real difference in culture here. And yet the gospel remains the same and, and Jesus is Lord uh, here. Yeah. And, and people can, can honour him and, and, and praise him here. And I think that really cemented in my mind as I headed off to university that, that Jesus is good news for the whole world. Yeah, it's great to hear that mission was such a... Uh, integral part of the church community growing mm. up um, I'm sure that had a really positive impact on you and, and your faith um, so as you head off to university uh, university is a formative uh, time for all of us it's kind of that in between uh, teenage and full adult independence mm -hmm. where you get to make decisions for yourself and are challenged by all other competing worldviews what kind of lessons uh, did you learn there in terms of your faith um, and perhaps skills more practically that you developed. Sure. So I, I went to university in what I'll, uh, I'll call the, the interesting city uh, of Newport in South Wales. Uh, yeah. If you've been to Newport yourself, then you'll know why it's interesting. Um, and, <laughs> and there I studied uh, interactive media and design, uh, which was uh, a fantastically open course centered around what I guess at the time would have been considered sort of multimedia. Uh, so we were making videos, taking photos, creating interactive art installations at various points, uh, learning to build simple flash games, which probably dates me, uh, and code websites and learn the basics of, of graphic design. Yeah. So they, they were sort of the, the practical skills in many ways that I was learning. Um, uh, the Christian Union was a really important part of my uh, life as a student and um, and very quickly made a, a good number of friends there. And as, as university went on, Friends from the Sea really became my main cohort of friends, probably. And uh, I was also really blessed that uh, a church in Newport was actually the church that had planted the church that my sister and her family go to in Bristol. Okay. And so I'd been there um, to her church in Bristol. I knew that I um, agreed with, with their teaching and that a church like that would be a church I was, ha I was happy to go to and so quickly found myself at home in that church uh, got stuck in in a small group and um, that, that met really nearby the university campus and uh, got involved with their Monday night football there which was which was really good and just made loads of, of good friends so that that was really good and I think also at university it was a great time to be a little bit bolder about my faith uh, on a few occasions, friends asked me why I follow Jesus, why are you a Christian, why on Sundays do you get up and walk to church, what's wrong with you, it's crazy. Um, <laughs> why Why did I think that sex was something that I should say for, for marriage, yeah, so it was, it was great from that point of view, I was by no means uh, a fantastic evangelist, uh, but looking back, I think I... I, s I remember like meaningful conversations and opportunities I had to, to hopefully sow seed uh, in people's lives. Hopefully, yeah, ho hopefully people I interacted with got, got a little taste a l uh, and a few ideas about about Christian Christian things and, and the good news of Jesus. Yeah. So like a lot of people's experiences, some challenges and some encouragements. It, it also helps that you had a, a great 
supportive church there mm. that you could fit right in and get stuck into um yeah. and as we'll go on to suggest as well the the practical skills that you picked up Mm -hmm. um god is now is now using uh in your day-to-day life which is great um so he obviously had a plan for that time at university for you absolutely so as you come to the end of your university career uh, end of your studies and you're thinking about the big world of work (laughs) um what's your thought process on your next steps well as i was uh working through my my final year of of university i started obviously naturally just thinking what am i going to do next and i had no hard and fast convictions particularly but i was drawn to the idea that i'd like to use my skills the skills i was developing through my university course to to help people i guess what i mean by that is lots of media is used to sell stuff Mm -hmm. um, and it's sort of just about getting more Um, we're surrounded by by media that is used to that ends all the time um, and I started to think that I'm not sure that's really what I want to do um, with with my time and my life. Uh, is there something um, that I would find more fulfilling, more meaningful um, than sort of essentially creating advertising to, to sell stuff to people? So I started to think about perhaps finding a job in the, in the charity, sh- charity sector of some kind or other. Uh, in fact, my final year project was actually creating a website and some other media around the charity project that a friend of mine from, from church in Tunbridge Wells was involved in. And the summer directly after finishing uni, actually, I spent uh, volunteering with him in his little charity and, and doing some work with him, which involved all sorts of admin and, and phoning people and, and doing some event stuff. But also I did make a few uh, mm. short videos and animations kind of explaining what, what their work was about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do, but as I prayed about it and talked with, with friends, I decided that I was probably at some point gonna gonna be trying to find a, a media job in the in the charity sector. Mm. What what kind of uh, dimension does that charity sector add to media work the work in media and communications? Um, does it add some kind of meaning behind the work that you're doing rather than just kind of being a cog in a capitalist? Yeah, um, sure. Machine. Um, I guess I I don't want to undermine anyone else's experience. Um, <laughs> it is totally fine to work in a secular workplace and to work in the, the private sector and Absolutely. to, to yeah. make money. And I've got lots of good friends uh, doing great work in, in the city and things like that. And uh, I'm constantly reminded they have opportunities to talk about Jesus uh, to the kinds of people I will never meet and would never give me the time of day. Um, and that is fantastic. And also... Um, they might earn lots of money, which uh, they can use and steward really well uh, for mm-hmm. God's glory. Um, however, I think just for me, it just comes back to that kind of what did I want to what did I want to encourage people to do? And, and often media is yeah, e- even if it's not directly selling stuff, um, it is in some ways promoting various things or activities or causes. And I think I wanted to um, see that the media work that I was engaged in um, was creating and promoting and I guess selling um, ideas and, and concepts and messages that were there to help and benefit people yeah um, that you could get behind it yeah, yeah that I really felt like I align I see that I myself am personally invested in the, the message of this media and I think if I'd gone into sort of tv advertising or corporate web design or um, that kind of thing I, I don't think I'd have ever felt mm. I'm, I'm really 
I'm not just passionate about the media I'm producing, but I'm actually passionate about the message that yeah. I'm helping promote. Uh, and agree. that's a real motivation to, yeah. to work harder and, and try and push yourself Absolutely. to produce the best you can. Yeah. Yeah. After university, you also, I believe, spent some time working with your church back home. Mm-hmm. Um, what did that uh, season in your life teach you? Sure. So, yeah, as I came to the end of university, um, I guess a couple of things were going on. One of which was, yeah, whilst this sort of charity sector media job thing was on was was on my mind, I was also thinking through, oh, do I want to do I want to explore church ministry full time? And also, I think just I'd benefited so much from my my church at university and my church uh, at home in Tunbridge Wells growing up that I wanted to sort of give something back and, and to be able to contribute in some way to that. And so. Our church uh, in Tunbridge Wells was running and continues to run a sort of ministry uh, apprenticeship um, sort of training scheme for a year at a time. And I thought, well, I want to I want to explore that. And that gave me opportunities to get involved in in youth work ministry uh, and music ministry. It also gave some some great opportunities for, for Bible handling and theological training and at the same time, it kept me humble by the uh, endless and often thankless practical tasks, such as sweeping up and uh, washing up and setting up tables and chairs for events and those kind of behind the scenes things. But it also gave me an opportunity to begin to to see how I could use my media skills uh, in that kind of environment. So I was producing flyers for holiday clubs and producing uh, videos for services and evangelistic events mm-hmm. uh, i helped rebuild the whole website for the church at the time and uh, yeah those kind of things um designed some t-shirts for for events that we were putting on and yeah it was really exciting for me to begin to see oh here is a way where um, my my love for jesus and my uh, excitement about the potentials of media and communications they, they started to come together yeah started to meet yeah mm. Mm. started to see kind of oh this might be the path that god is is leading me down yeah absolutely yeah oh that's great so from there you came to omf Mm -hmm. um i wonder if you could just give us a brief uh description of the role you do now and perhaps as part of that transition into omf why you thought combining your media skills with the work that omf does um appealed to you yeah so i actually heard about the job during during that time uh, working at, at St. John's, so our theological training took place at St. Nicholas Church in, in Seven Oaks. And it was actually a friend of mine. He'd got there a bit early one day and he was just kind of milling around waiting for us to turn up. And, and as I turned up, he said, oh, Chris, have you seen this? Have you seen this job? And on the missions board, uh, there was an advert. There's, there's various IRMF uh, people here in in IRMF UK and and across East Asia who are from St Nick's Church in Seven Oaks, and so on their missions board they had this little job ad stuck up, and he said, "This sounds just like the kind of thing you've been talking about using mm. media skills um, in in this way." And, and the role was for sort of web and, and digital media, and so yeah, that was back in 2010. Yeah, and I applied for the role, had my first, I guess, my first proper. Job, job interview. interview put the suit on um, and <laughs> something try like, to look smart <laughs> some, something like that um and uh yeah amazingly i was i was offered offered the job and i, I remember being quite excited but I, I knew a little bit about omf so one of our church mission partners um, actually serves out in in thailand with omf so i had a, had a 
I knew that I was aligned with with Irma values. I mm-hmm. knew that yeah, I, I I believe that the good news of Jesus is good news for the whole world. I believe that uh, the UK Church has a part to play uh, in being involved, and so a, a mission agency seeking to do those two things uh, was was an exciting place to be. And yeah, the job, as I say, had been a, a kind of role that I've been thinking and praying about for a long time. That's great. That's great. So you started as a kind of web designer, media person. Mm -hmm. Um, Ten years later, you're still here. (laughs) Fruitful career. Yeah, Um, absolutely. What, uh, uh, if if it has at all, how has your role changed? What does your current role involve? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. For the past past five years or so, I've been actually the communications manager for OMF UK. In practice, what that means is I now lead the media team here. So there's three others full time in the team and uh, media interns when we have them a part of that that team as well. And um, we really seek to produce materials that equip the UK and Ireland church to get involved in sharing Jesus with East Asians. And that uh, is a broad task <laughs> from producing our Billions magazine in its print and online formats uh, three times a year. Uh, we create loads of other online social media content, videos, and telling stories about our workers and Christians in East Asia. We produce prayer material in printed and digital forms. Uh, we, we get the exciting task of producing great big exhibition displays for Christian festivals at Big Church Day Out and New Wine, Word Live. We, we equip those stalls with yeah, with exhibition displays and, and fun games for people to play with uh, and begin to think about East Asia. And we support our area representatives around the country as they run events in partnership with local churches, so promoting those events and managing bookings where that's required. And we also have, have the great opportunity, particularly more recently, in uh, training others, mm. training others to, to improve their communication skills, to see how they could be utilising media in their day-to-day life, whether that's people here in the IMF UK office, whether it's our workers when they're back uh, from East Asia. Uh, that's been really exciting. And also a quick plug, uh, we've recently got back into, into books production, um, done some partnerships with other publishers and our latest book that we've produced in collaboration with 10 of those uh, comes out uh, at the beginning of next month, the beginning of October, I oh, believe. That's exciting. That's yeah, really exciting. A Taste of Asia, it's called, and it's a, a fun-packed activity book uh, for families with primary school aged children. Uh, it takes a it takes an exploration journey through various parts of East Asia and there, there's recipes to do and there's uh, fun games to play and there's stories and prayer points and Bible thoughts uh, to, to help yeah, young children and their families really start thinking about, about East Asia. So yeah, I, I, the role is, is varied and every day brings a new challenge. Oh, and of course, involved in producing this podcast producing this podcast as well yeah <laughs> so, you'll go away and, and edit it so yeah yeah so it's really exciting extremely um, wide-ranging and mm-hmm. every day is different which Absolutely. is great and you get to work with a, a, a wide range of people as well mm-hmm. not just in this country but overseas which is always good so why are communications uh, and media skills important in cross-cultural mission and perhaps you can uh, give us an example uh, of a really positive way uh, that communication has affected uh, the work of OMF. <laughs> um, how long have we got? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, as uh, I sort of prepared for this, 
I I came up with with two main reasons, and I'm sure if you ask me again in in a few weeks' time, they, they might have changed, or I might might approach them slightly differently. Sure. Um, but but I think there's there's two reasons for me why communication and media are so important in the sort of work that Ermef is involved in. Um, uh, firstly, I think it's really important that we communicate to the church in the UK uh, what it is that we do, how we do it, and and why we do it. Mm-hmm. I I think the work we do has the potential to be uh, really easily misunderstood. Uh, when people hear the word mission and missionaries, uh, those terms can end up being quite loaded. People have lots of preconceived ideas about what mission is, what it has been, what it should be. Um, and, and as a result, I think it's really important that we com- communicate clearly and well so that people can understand uh, who we are and, and what we do and as a result, they can decide how and if they want to partner with us in mm-hmm. sharing the good news of Jesus with East Asians. So at an organisational level, we need to be proficient in our communication. And I'm also passionate about equipping individuals, those who work with RMF, to be better communicators as well, uh, making sure that those who partner with them, support and encourage and pray for them, really understand what it is that, that they're supporting. Mm. I, I suppose an example... Uh, of this and, and the value of it at work, I, I recently had an OMF worker say to me that after taking on board some presentation uh, tips, advice that we'd given at a training session, uh, he'd gone away and he'd rewritten the script for his, his standard presentation. He'd remade his slides uh, in PowerPoint and he'd done a trial run of this presentation with his parents. Yeah. And at the end of the, the presentation, his parents said something like, wow, we never knew that that this is the the stuff that you were involved with with RMF. Yeah. Um, now his, this, his own parents. His own parents. <laughs> this guy had been doing this ministry for over a decade. Yeah. I think. Um. And despite being very passionate, very fruitful in his ministry, uh, he'd never effectively communicated that, e- even with those people who knew him best. Um. And I think that just kind of highlights. Uh, it's a particularly extreme example, but I think it, it highlights why learning to communicate well. Uh, and effectively, it's, it's so important as a mission agency. And secondly, of course, communication is important because uh, we have good news to communicate mm. and good communication skills and good understanding of, of media helps us take uh, this this message, the gospel, which is the best message in the whole world. And so I believe we should we should present it in the best possible ways. We should make the most of every opportunity we have to communicate it, including using media such as videos, podcasts, social media interactions. I guess an example that illustrates this would be a Facebook page that was started by an OMF worker, I believe from the Netherlands. Uh, and they set up a page just as a way to kind of on the side of what they were doing, um, give opportunities to connect with with new audiences and to share biblical truth and to also have a, have a platform where they could answer questions from inquirers, people who wanted to know more about following Jesus. Uh, and as far as I know today, that, that page has over, over 4 million people wow. um, using that, that Facebook page. Four now, million. It, it's pretty hard to imagine any other way that that single worker um, could be interacting with, with millions of people. It's pretty un- unusual for, for people to have that kind of reach. And yet through, through a, a platform such as, as Facebook, that's, that's what they've been able to achieve. And I think that's really exciting to know that millions of people across numerous countries um, are hearing truth about Jesus every day. 
having chance to to ask their questions um and other believers are, are able to invite people and, and and use that page as well so it's, it's really exciting yeah that is really exciting it goes to show you how important uh, good communication is especially as a christian in a digital age mm. i have to say um myself i've been more conscious about the language i use in articles or a tweet or even down to the stuff i like on facebook because mm. other people are seeing that and if i'm a christian if i'm saying i live for jesus mm-hmm. aside from whether i want to share G- jesus with east asians in particular but just living as a christian is so important that we uh, portray ourselves in a faithful uh, way on on social media yeah um that's one of the big takeaways that i've got from your communications training which has been really helpful Great. um it's been 10 years working mm-hmm. for OMF. What have you learned in that time uh, to do with media communications? Been some of the biggest lessons, um, biggest building blocks that you've grown. How, yeah, how have you grown, I suppose, <laughs> is another way of phrasing that. Brilliant question. I think it's probably fair to say that almost everything I know about communication and media um, has come from my time working here. <laughs> I sometimes wonder how I got through that first interview. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I just learned so much from those inside the organisation. I've had the privilege of working alongside, uh, whether they be media experts or just kind of OMF and East Asia experts. Um, and also those that we've we've partnered with from outside, from other organisations that, that we work alongside. I've just learned so much. And also... Uh, OMF has been fantastic in facilitating training, training opportunities, whether that's physical courses that I've been on, um, video, online training or reading books. And so I think in some ways it's, it's probably really overly cliched, but I, I think one thing that I've that I've learned over the past 10 years is, is never stop learning. Um, mm. And and often that, that might take um, humility to, to accept I don't know everything on on this topic so i want to to keep learning also sometimes it just takes kind of force of will to get a bit jocko on you um (laughs) you just sometimes it's quite it's hard work to learn new things you know back to the the book i'm reading it'll be easy to give up reading that book it's taken me a long time Uh, people get bored of me talking about it but i'm learning something by by reading it and Mm. and similarly with with other training courses i've been on And, and so i think take as many opportunities as you can to feed your mind and your soul and I suppose at the moment we live in a in an information rich age, mm. um, which at times can be overwhelming and uh, perhaps draining and perhaps problematic. But I also think that it that it brings fantastic advantages. For example, uh, during lockdown, one thing I, I've weirdly missed, I suppose, is my commute. Now I've I've really appreciated the extra time at home with uh, my wife and my son. But I have in some ways missed that hour each day in the car where I can listen to podcasts and I can I can hear from the guys at the Bible Project. Um, I can think about life with, with Speak Life. I can um, I can catch up on on sermons that maybe uh, I've missed for one reason or another at various points. Um, and alongside that, uh, learning and, and taking the opportunities to learn. Uh, it's a similar thing. I think I've I, I'm trying to learn the power of asking questions and trying to listen more than you speak. Uh, We have a a quotes board uh, in the the comms room here in in OMF. It's supposed to be filled with sort of non-cliched 
quotes that we've thought found inspiring or perhaps those kind of demotivational <laughs> quotes um, for example the first one that ever won up on there by uh, i think he's a bow hunter in the u.s called cameron haynes and it just says no one cares work harder um, <laughs> and it's caused all sorts of controversy over the time um, it's sort of meant to be a message to yourself uh, that it's kind of it's easy to complain um, just just get on with it everyone's everyone's having a bad day sure, get, get sure, on with yeah. it um but uh, yeah we, we we have this quotes board and uh, one of the other great quotes on it uh, back to kind of asking questions and listening well um is this the greatest enemy of communication is the illusion of it uh, we have talked enough but have we listened but have we listened and uh, i i think that's something that i'm trying to learn anyone who knows me even a little bit uh, will know that i'm all too often a fan of my own voice and I have a rather high opinion of my humble opinion (laughs) (laughs) in my humble opinion is not often in my vocabulary Um, and so recently I've really tried to change that I've tried to make sure that I listen to others that I really hear them out in in a meeting for example and to ask questions of them rather than tell them things and 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 through that I think I'm learning to empathize better Mm. and as a result I'm better place to understand their situation Mm. what is it that they are actually trying to communicate who is it that they think they're communicating with Uh, and as a result i'm better equipped to serve them i'm better equipped to work out the tools that perhaps we need to produce to to facilitate them in the work that they're trying to do we're better placed to work out the media that would support their endeavors Mm. and uh and that has just really helped me also just think about the training that perhaps that they need. So I think trying to make that shift um, to, to be sort of a quieter one in meetings rather than rather than a big, loud voice and to to follow up people giving me things with, with questions about why they've done what they've done mm-hmm. rather than just tell them what I would have done differently. Yeah. So communication in media is almost like a craft and you've continued to hone it mm-hmm. throughout your years here. Um, and I think you're so right as well to say that uh, communication is is almost always reciprocal. There yeah. are two two sides to the conversation, uh, and listening is just as important as as speaking. You you learn to un- once you learn to understand and listen to your audience, uh, your message that you're delivering can become clearer. Mm-hmm. Um, which is yeah a really good way of putting it. Yeah, um, I guess in terms of of following Jesus, I think the thing that I've been really struck by uh, the wonderful ways that God has blessed his people all over the world to celebrate and and glorify him. That is how the gospel can redeem people's skills and passions, their traditions and cultures, and transform them into things that that glorify their creator and their saviour. So I've had some fantastic opportunities to travel through East Asia uh, over the 10 years that I've been working here. And uh, in doing so, just been so amazing to meet east asians that are who are following jesus in their village or in their mega city and and hearing them sing praise to him in their own language Mm. with their uh, local cultural instruments to hear how their churches are seeking to make jesus known to the people around them Uh, it's just truly amazing and it continues uh, to to deepen uh, my sense of, of just how truly awesome uh, the the good news of of Jesus uh, really is. So I yeah. think that's probably a way in which I've yeah directly grown through through my work here. Yeah, the gospel really is for everyone. So we've learned a lot about uh, your story, Chris. It's mm. been great to hear. It's been uh, inspiring uh, to me. 
Um, and we've learned how media and communications is really important um, and even important in sharing the gospel, sharing the good news mm. of Jesus. So I wonder for those listening, what tips you might give them when it comes to sharing the gospel cross-culturally. Uh, perhaps they've got a friend at school or a colleague at work who comes from a different cultural background. How might they go about sharing the good news of Jesus with mm. them? I think in, in in some ways this goes back to the my previous answer. I think I think take time to learn, uh, find out about the other cultures and worldviews and traditions that surround you. If you've got a friend um, who grew up um, with a with a different religious outlook, with a different worldview, maybe they're from a, an, another country, um, or, or their parents are from a different country and culture, find out about it mm. in your own time. Learn about it. Read about it find out about a sports team from from that country or, or read news articles um, from that place and also if you're friends with them ask them genuine questions and find out what makes them tick try and understand their their worldview from and and from where possible from from their perspective not what does a, a textbook tell you although you can learn a certain amount about that what's somebody's personal experience i'm sure we all remember those slightly uh, cringy uh, RE lessons at, at school where mm. where sort of Christianity was presented and you sat there perhaps as a Christian and, and, and someone who, who went to church and took following Jesus seriously and just thought that's not what Christians believe at all this yeah. is <laughs> yeah and so there's a chance that if you've got a, a Muslim friend or a, or a Sikh friend or a Buddhist friend that that the things that, that you learn that they're kind of maybe in the ballpark but they might not be that person's particular personal experience so, so get to know their personal experience and then I suppose take time thinking through how, how the the bible and and jesus make make sense in in their worldview maybe there's a, a slightly different nuance in how you present the gospel to them to to somebody else i think the bible has many paradigms for for sin and, and salvation and we often for one reason or another we, we get hung up on one particular one and maybe it's our tradition at church maybe it's just our culture whatever it is but it might not be that that paradigm might not be the best fit for their worldview. So, so take some time to think about about the, the the bigness of the gospel and how it makes sense to them. Yeah, I think. And I think the other thing closely linked to the podcast series that that you uh, and the the other guys in, in Surveyor did on pathways is is think about how your skills and your passions might connect you to others. That, yeah. that your skills and hobbies and, and passions or your job might provide opportunities for sh for sharing the gospel. Um, when I was heading off to uni 15 years ago or so, I had no idea that I'd be doing what I'm doing today. But through continuing to explore how I can connect my passion and my skills in media and in design with my with my love of Jesus and my excitement about the gospel, and um, that's brought me to where. I am today so whether it's your job or your favorite sport or your love for movies or baking just have a think about how this might be an opportunity to connect you to others and make Jesus known uh, it doesn't have to be a full-time uh, profession for it to be meaningful it could mm. just be something you enjoy doing on a Saturday morning exactly yeah that's really helpful so I guess if you want to share Jesus with a, a friend who's perhaps from a different background, listen to them, understand them, seek to know their point of view. Mm. Um, yeah, really show that you care for them in the way that Jesus has cared for you and find a way to share that gospel message, which they will understand. Mm. And perhaps thinking about the way you communicate 
uh, might be a way, an avenue into that, mm. into those conversations, into those questions, which are all steps towards someone taking that leap of faith and Absolutely. trusting Jesus. Mm. Great. Uh, I wonder, do you have any closing thoughts? I think just a, a, a couple more shameless plugs. We've already Go pl- for it. Plug- it's your podcast. I can't tell you not to. <laughs> already plugged Already plugged the book. They'll be in the, in the show notes, I guess. And uh, uh, two others. If you want to know a little bit more about the work of the communications team here in the OMF UK office, if you want to know who we are, what we get up to day to day, uh, perhaps you, you just want to see the sort of snacks that we enjoy in the downtime, uh, <laughs> then you can give us a follow on, on our Instagram feed. I, I believe we're, we're sort of the only department in the, in the OMF UK office to have its own Instagram feed. It's OMF underscore UK underscore media we'll put a link to that down below it's it's kind of fun sometimes we also they share some some tips and, and tricks for for improving your communication so get involved with that and perhaps you're you're interested in exploring uh, further more deeply the connection between communications media and, and cross-cultural ministry and um, well we run internships uh, here at omf uk one uh, you'd be working alongside uh, Freddie and, and the Surveysia team as a mission intern. But we also run one in our department, the, the communications and media team. So go and check out the internships we offer at omf.org slash UK slash interns. And yeah, there's, that's an opportunity to come and yeah find out what we do, why we do it, how you could be involved. And, and we hope that we can uh, build people up in their skills and, and send them out to continue to connect uh, their passions uh, with the gospel. Yeah, and I guess your uh, your proof of that kind of training, that kind of uh, experience really being fruitful. Mm. Um, that's great. Great. So thanks for sharing, Chris. Thanks everyone at home for listening to this episode of the Surveysia podcast. If you'd like to catch up with more Surveysia podcasts, you can check us out wherever you listen to podcasts normally. Alternatively, you can visit the OMF website at omf.org slash UK slash podcast. Or you can visit our Instagram feed at Surveysia Podcast. If you're not on social media, perhaps uh, you could drop us an email. Maybe you've got an idea for a future episode. We'd love to hear from you. And you can email us at uk.podcast at omfmail.com. Great. See you next time. <laughs>